0: This is Conducting Business, WQXR's show about the classical music industry. I'm Naomi Lewin. To opera fans, the news out of the San Diego Opera has gone from grim to surreal. Two weeks ago, the opera abruptly announced that it was closing. Now, that's not so sure after all. Instead of shutting up shop and starting to sell off its assets on April 14th, America's 10th largest opera company is now giving itself two more weeks to examine its finances and consider additional options, including how to keep on keeping on. Joining us on the line now is James Chute, the music and art critic at UT San Diego. All right, let's start with the beginning. Based on your reporting, why did the San Diego Opera vote on March 29th to close down?
1: You know, it just seems, Naomi, like they're tired. The uh, opera is in the black. They actually have uh, cash reserves. They don't have an accumulated deficit. But they are facing fundraising challenges of maybe having to raise $10 million to have a season next year. But, um, you know, in previous seasons, they've had to raise that, which is about two-thirds of their budget. So it just – they've had – also, they've had a uh, endowment. It's helped fund some shortfalls in the last, you know, eight to 10 years. And they've had a bequest from uh, Joan Crock, which is also they've used at the tune of about a million a year. But it wouldn't seem like the challenges are formidable, especially given that it's in solid financial shape.
0: So how much of a surprise was it to patrons and the general arts community and also to you personally that they decided to shut down?
1: It was a complete surprise to everybody. Even the symphony, which has a contract with them and is their pet orchestra, it, surpri- it surprised everybody. People were reading it online. You know, there wasn't even an announcement. It, it was it was just actually kind of shocking. And, you know, we're still, as I say, mystified as to exactly, okay, fundraising is hard. It's hard to have an opera company. It, it's the most expensive art form. This is a company with about a budget of roughly $16 million. But at the same time, if you believe it's worth it, if you believe opera is worth it, yeah, you just do it. You just have to do the hard work,
0: right? So this Monday, the opera's board met again and voted 35 to four to wait another two weeks until April 29th to take any more action about the company's future. So what is going on now? Well, it seems as
1: if uh, not only were we all surprised, but some of the board members that actually voted on this we're all surprised and the uh, board and the general director Ian Campbell are fairly close so I think they just counted on them sort of rubber stamping that and I think some of the board members now have said um, you know wait a minute we'd like to take another look at this I think one of the big issues involved is that uh, Mr. Campbell and and at least parts of the board seem to have this paradigm of grand opera that probably is from the 70s or the 80s where you sort of had this where regional opera companies sort of resembled a miniature version of the Metropolitan Opera, and they'd bring in big sets and big stars and have a big orchestra. And uh, it's true that if they're gonna do that business model or that artistic model, it's probably not viable over the long run, but certainly there's other definitions of opera and other ways of presenting opera that um, a lot of companies have tried from St. Louis to Dallas you know, to uh, Los Angeles.
0: So there would be another business model, possibly, if they could get unstuck from that?
1: Well, I think so. I think Mark Scorsa from Opera America was here to talk to the board at the Monday board meeting and actually tell them exactly that, that it takes energy, it takes creativity, it takes entrepreneurship, but why not do an opera in one of the smaller theaters here? That San Diego is a huge theater town with um, the La Jolla Playhouse and the Old Globe, which routinely send productions to Broadway. And there's a big theater community and a big theater audience. Why not use that aspect of opera to try to appeal to that audience and do productions that are smaller? But anything that sort of departs from this, doing it in the civic theater, which is a giant 3,000-seat barn and with full orchestra and with full sets and with world-class singers and whatever, anything that is not in that model seems to be viewed as some sort of departure from, quote, excellence, rather than the fact that times are changing, and so is opera.
0: You mentioned the $10 million mark that Ian Campbell, the artistic director, is looking for, and I think also looking for another $6 million in ticket sales to be able to put on a season next year. Is that doable, do you think?
1: Oh, sure it's doable. I mean, they They've routinely had to raise that much money, perhaps in contributions it's been a mere 7 or $8 million, and they've now made it through the bad economic times, not that it's great economic times, but it's certainly better than it was in 2008 or 2009, and if you're going to have this enterprise, which is, you mentioned it's the 10th largest opera company in the United States, it's the third largest cultural organization in San Diego, right behind the Symphony, which has a budget of about 21 million, and then there's the Old Globe, the main theater company, which has a budget of about 22 million. So, all these civic enterprises, it takes an enormous amount of support from the community, but there's no reason that San Diego can't have some sort of opera company in some form. But whether it's this paradigm of grand opera, I, I think that's certainly questionable, and whether it's a leadership that can. I mean, obviously, they need a leadership and a board that can sort of see beyond that.
0: Well, is it maybe then just a question of new leadership for the company? Yeah, it's hard
1: to say exactly. But certainly, I think he came in in 83. The company was in bad financial condition. He cleaned it up. He had a lot of energy. And he still has a lot of energy. And certainly, he's somebody very, very respected in the opera world. But he has a sort of rigidity, I think, about what opera is that, you know, in these changing times, I don't really think it's very constructive. And the board isn't really questioning that, but just sort of going along with them. I mean, to me, this idea that they put out in their press release that they should have a dignified death is absurd, you know. What's dignified about an opera company going under?
0: Were there any kind of internal politics that were sort of at the root of this? Because first they voted to shut down, and then they voted to not shut down so fast, is there anything at work there?
1: Well, it's hard to say there. I, I think the board was kind of shocked by the response from the community, which was fairly vociferous. We all know that raising money is its a difficult task in the millions of dollars, and especially for something like this. But you have a company whose um, fundraising efforts under uh, Ian Campbell's ex-wife, Ann Campbell, were a regional model. She was the most respected fundraiser in town you have a you had the company that was like sort of the top social thing if you were in san diego social scene you had to be at the opera you didn't have to be at the symphony you didn't have to be at the globe but you had to be at the opera so they had this sort of cachet and they had this uh obviously it was a veneer and then all of a sudden we're not going to do it anymore it, it's yeah i I think i'd rather have an undignified death than at least maybe we have a chance to revive the body and maybe we will in this case yet who knows
0: now the singers union the american guild of musical artists agma has just filed an unfair labor practice charge against the opera with the national labor relations board is that going to end up in court well i think it
1: could i believe there's five unions there might be six that whether stagehands costumers or whatever And they're all concerned that this death with dignity, the opera has said, one of the things that it wants to do is be able to pay its debts. It doesn't want to leave creditors in the lurch. Never mind about leaving the community in the lurch, but it doesn't want to leave its And all the jobs
0: that will be no longer. So
1: all those unions, are the vocalists starting first, um, are starting to line up and make sure that if the company does go down, that they're first in line to make sure that You know, they get paid and they have contracts, I guess, either out a year or two years. It's the same with the symphony. It's hard to say they have a contract for six weeks, I believe, for next year and what's going to happen with that. And, of course, Ian Campbell has a contract through 2017 and nobody knows what's going to happen to that either. So I think it's a question of those unions just making sure that if something happens that they're near the front of the line because it's going to be a long line.
0: You mentioned the San Diego Symphony that works with the opera. The San Diego Symphony folded a few years ago and then came back. Is this folding and possible coming back an indication of a larger problem with maintaining the arts in San Diego?
1: Well, that's a good point. That The thing with the symphony, when they folded, it was the same as with the New York City Opera. They had been on thin ice for years, if not decades before that. The opera, it never had this whole history of, are they going to go under, or are they not? You had this history of stability. You had this history of balanced budgets. You had this history of their fundraising being a model. I don't know that it really speaks to the community so much as it speaks to their conception of what opera is because this is a theater town, this is a musical town, this is a this is a place that people like to do those things and those those endeavors have flourished. And opera, you can make the argument that opera is the medium for the twenty first century. It looks great on digital broadcast. It it combines music and theater and art and all of this stuff. It's uh it's a medium for our times, but the way they the way the current Management of the Opera envisions that. It's more of a medium for 1980, and understandably, you know, ticket sales have been going down.
0: You clearly have a personal take on this and and a personal stake in this story, because without an opera company in San Diego, your beat as a reporter gets a lot smaller. (laughs) Well, that's
1: true. I do have a personal stake. But basically, I think any of us that are reporting on the arts or writing about the arts... In part, we're doing it because we actually believe that the arts makes a difference to the community. It's not just an uh, entertainment option where, should I go to a movie or should I go hear a string quartet? It's a, it's something I think that we believe. I know I believe, and I, I'm certain a lot of people are like this, that can be potentially transformative to your life. And it's, it's one of the fundamental building blocks of a civilized community you know and san diego is the uh, eighth largest city in, in the united states what does it say about us if we can't have an opera company if that's not important enough for us to support and yet at the same time as i said before maybe this isn't the opera company we should be supporting but to dismantle the whole thing is, is that's certainly not what needs to happen either because it's these cultural institutions that have been built up over decades, it's, it's just almost impossible to restart them once again. If you look at the New York City Opera, it's hard to think that they're going to be coming back from the ashes, but who knows?
0: Thank you very much for joining well, us. It's a pleasure. James Chute is the music and art critic at UT San Diego. You can find a link to his coverage of the San Diego Opera on the Conducting Business page at WQXR.org. Brian Wise is our producer, I'm Naomi Lewin. Thanks for listening.